You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. We're live on the Nielsen Network. Lindsay Williams, we're just waiting for Neil Froneman from Sibanye Stillwater to join us here in the studio. Um, I am um, just waiting for that uh, commentary to come through. But just give us an overview from your side in terms of the results today. The market didn't react extremely positively, although we had record numbers across the board. Yeah, I know. But you know what, Bronwyn, uh, in, in this day and age, there is so much guidance ahead of ahead of time. There's trading updates, there's updated trading updates, there's updated, updated trading updates. So we all know what's going on and people are very close. And that's uh, that's, that's, that's all to do with uh, proper governance. So um, we shouldn't be too worried about the fact that the market hasn't done what some people might have expected if they'd have read the headlines. But also, also bear in mind that the commodity prices, notably the platinum group metals, I've had a, a little bit of a, a tough week. Uh, Platinum itself has changed its big figure from four figures, i.e. a thousand plus, to uh, three figures, i.e. about 990. Yeah, is the man of the hour, Neil himself. Thank you very much for joining us. We know that you are in the United States at the moment. And uh, Neil, we're just giving a preview of your results. Uh, a really great result, record profit of uh, 25 billion rand uh, for the half. And uh, the key focus I want to kick off on is this green energy space um, where you have been playing for some time now. I mean, this all started in 2019 when you decided it was the appropriate place to be venturing into. And all the market commentators that I speak to at the moment are very interested in the battery metal space. And Neil, I'm not buttering you up, but I have to say that you have been called the hot stock on so many of my shows lately that uh, we've got a lot of people listening in this evening with their favorite favorite stock. No, thank you, uh, Ronwin, and hello, uh, Lindsay. Apologies um, for joining late. Um, I really battled to get in, but uh, that's my own stupidity. Um, I think the... Uh, um, you know, there is no doubt that uh, climate change is real, that uh, investors are putting um, very significant amounts of pressure on companies to clean up their act uh, uh, with regard to carbon emissions. We embarked on this journey, as you say, Bronwyn, uh, way back. And uh, um, in a very considered way, we are now making our entry points um, um, the platinum group metals um, form the basis of the of, of the green metal strategy, and um, they will essentially transition, uh, or the demand will transition from being autocat uh, driven by internal combustion engines into um, the use in the hydrogen economy. Uh, battery metals, uh, which we've spent uh, the last two years investigating uh, after buying. Um, SFA Oxford to help us do that uh, due diligence. Uh, we've made our first two entry points, but recycling and um, tailings retreatment produce the greenest metals in the world, irrespective of what they may be. And um, that together with, believe it or not, uranium uh, uh, is, is forming the, the, the building blocks to us I suppose pivoting into a green metals company 
and and that that should be unique. You know, I know they're big lithium producers, they're big uh, um, nickel producers, but there are none at this stage that are going to have the combination of metals that we have. It's a very interesting story, Neil, because you've always been seen as a pioneer, and I always use the the, the phrase that you're a digger uh, as well as a dealer. Uh, but you you seem to have combined digging and dealing with also responsible corporate. Um, not ethics, what's the word I'm looking for? You become not a commodity company, but a normal company. In other words, you've got bean counters looking after you as well. So you go out there rushing off to Finland and buying these these assets and someone looks after you. And it, when you when you look at your numbers, your debt's been brought down by 44%, which is fantastic. As Bronwyn mentioned, 25 billion profit attributable to uh, shareholders. Free cash flow, 17.3 billion, another record. Share buyback scheme, return to shareholders, probably annualized around about 15%. But the market is greedy. How are you going to reinvent yourself in order to say uh, to satisfy this greed? I mean, is it going to be, as you've just said, green stuff? You know, Lindsay, um, it's incredible to me that we can deliver such uh, um, deliver such returns to shareholders and stakeholders in general, and then still uh, suffer a drop in our our share price on the announcement of results like this. But to me, it's 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 about not getting sucked into let's call it the the the, the popular themes of the day and everybody paying out all their earnings. Um, as management, we have a, a capital allocation framework which we stick to. And um, you know what? I back us, uh, and, and, and we will look after our, sh our shareholders, but I back uh, our management team to deliver more value for shareholders than just dividends. Um, and, and I don't think it's sustainable to, to pay out everything you earn. And, and listen, if we can't deliver on our strategy, of course we'll pay out everything we earn, uh, but I back us to create the sort of value you're seeing here in a sustainable way, but uh, we need, we also need some cash to do that. Well, Lindsay refers to you as a digger and dealer, Neil. I certainly refer to you as a master capital allocator, and that is coming from many, many quarters in the investment community at the moment. Is there pressure when, when people start calling you the master capital allocator? How, how do you manage that pressure? Because everybody is expecting you to do good um, all the time. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, it's only a position that you can fall from. Um, you, you, can't, uh, you can't get any better. But you know what, uh, Bronwyn, we, we, we really just try and do the right thing. And... Um, our, our approach, uh, which we developed in 2013 around uh, stakeholders and not just shareholders, has put us in very good stead. You know, the unions criticize us all the time, but we can say to the union, so who do you want to take away from in this uh, stakeholder tree? I'm sure you've all seen our Sabania Slaughter tree. When government wants to abuse shareholders, uh, we can say, no, you can't, you know. Um, so, so it's all about um, being responsible, doing the right things, and, uh, and, and as I say, backing yourself on creating value, and that's our vision. And in fact, my new business uh, team, they've got two rules. The first one is don't lose money. If you lose money, you're going to get fired. And the second one is you better make money. 
<laughs> as well. So. Okay, so don't lose it, and don't, uh, uh, but you have to make it. So it's uh, first do no harm. In other words, uh, preserve capital. But the, on the other hand, preserving capital is not enough. You've got to make money. When I look at a company, and this may be a, an inappropriate um, a comparison, I look at a company like Philip Morris, for example, and they say, I'm not going to be producing cigarettes in the uh, for uh, consumption uh, in the year 2030. Do you ever say to yourself, okay, I've got platinum and palladium uh, and gold, but my company in 10 years time is going to be completely different. Do you constantly wake up in the morning and say, how can I reinvent myself and how can I satisfy the greed of the stakeholders and the shareholders? Yeah, so, so, so Lindsay, you know what, uh, what we don't do is try to be different for the sake of being different. That to me is a, is a strategy that takes you nowhere. I think what we are trying to do is, is um, look at what uh, are going to be acceptable companies in, in, in our industry. And, um, and in fact, um, we will probably even transition or pivot, I suppose that's the modern word, we will pivot out of being just miners. And, uh, um, the combination of metals will make us acceptable. As you know, mining is seen as a, as a low-level industry, uh, perhaps even an industry that causes uh, damage. That's not, uh, that's not true in my view. We create value, we create many jobs. But we, we will probably even pivot to, to mining being almost secondary because I think we're going to pivot into energy and, and green energy underpinned by the metals we produce and, uh, and, and battery technology and stationary batteries, mobile batteries. Um, and, and I'll just expand on that, that theme. For instance, the greenest lithium in the world is what, what is known as geothermal lithium. So it comes, it comes out of the earth in a geothermal fluid. It's, it's generally used to drive turbines, it's renewable energy but it's just put back into the earth. Now, there's very few geothermal plants. Um, so if you wanted to extract that lithium, you've got to be involved in the geothermal energy business. And, and, and so you can see the extrapolation starting to take place. Now, that's not a conscious strategy. That is where doing the right things and making sure that our sustainability strategy, which is, is heavily uh, ESG focused will actually take us. Your acquisitions in Finland and in France keeping you very close to the European battery market. That must be done with strategic intent. Absolutely, absolutely Bronwyn. Um, uh, part of doing that due diligence on this uh, battery metal sector was, was, was really about where is the growth in, in battery electric vehicles going to take place. Um, and, and Europe is, is one of those areas, um, and you've seen it backed up by um, governments making subsidies available, um, you know, um, putting in penalties, uh, you know, um, uh, stopping the use of internal combustion engines somewhere in the future. So there's no doubt that Europe is, is a focus area, but it's actually deeper than just looking at it geographically. We, we realized or learned very quickly with our entry into PGMs and, and there's, always, there's always benefits in not knowing too much about the sector you're going into. 
because you approach it with new eyes and you don't have this historical drag or legacy that you keep on looking at. So when we entered, entered the PGM business, we, rec we recognized that most of our competitors uh, were really just miners. And we made a conscious decision that the end user was not as well educated as they should have been in terms of the, the sustainability of PGMs. You know, we spoke to end users who thought we could just produce more rhodium. You can't, it comes out of one piece of rock. And in fact, if, if you want to really talk about long-term sustainability, the end users have to use the products we produce in the way that they occur naturally. So you've got to use um, more platinum, uh, you, you know, and less rhodium and a balance of palladium. And, and we worked very closely with them. And that's what I mean when I talk about getting involved in the supply chain is, is actually not just being a contract miner selling a product uh, to an end user and not having that strategic interface. Now with battery metals, it's, um, it's, it's exactly the same strategy. And in fact, it's the same end user. And, and, um, and these relationships that we have built up uh, and getting involved in the supply chain is what made Europe very attractive as well. So Finland made it public that uh, because they sit on very good, um, you know, uh, resources in this uh, uh, area, um, that they were going to become the battery hub of, of uh, Europe. And, um, and, and our partners in Kaliber in Finland is the FMG group, which is the Finnish mining group. It's a, it's a state-owned group and a really good, high-quality partner to partner with. And in fact, just before you go on, Neil, sorry about that. It's great to have a partner of that stature. But if you look at the scarcity of the resources that you're looking to diversify into, you've already diversified into Finland. When you said the word geothermal, immediately I thought of Iceland because there's so much geothermal energy there. Uh, that's obviously another place that you've had a look at, whether it has the resources that Finland has, I don't know. But what you're looking for is precious, it's scarce, and it's highly sought after. There must be everybody looking for the same sort of resources that you are. Absolutely, Lindsay, and that's the danger um, of, of getting sucked into the hype. We, we are not Johnny come lately, so we've done fundamental work, we know the value, um, we are disciplined, we turn down much more than what we buy and I can assure you there are going to be many mistakes made by the new entrants into, into these areas. So, so you have to be very disciplined. The big difference between our entry into PGMs and the current entry into battery metals is there was no competition when we entered PGMs. Um, so it's, it's going to be more difficult. We are not going to be uh, number one in lithium because that's just not possible or nickel, whatever met battery metal you, you want to use. We've got to be extremely disciplined. And I think there will be very different relationships in that with PGMs, we bought an entire asset 100%. With battery metals, it's going to be a lot more about partnerships, different legal structures and so on. Um, so it's, it's going to be more difficult. Absolutely, your point is spot on, but it's, it's well recognized. 
Neil, just a, a couple more questions. I know that you've got a heavy agenda um, with interviews today, but your commitment to South Africa, we've had this discussion before and you've been relatively outspoken about the South African landscape. You've got a primary listing on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, secondary listing on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, in terms of, of the future of Sibanya Stillwater, how big will South Africa, how big a part will South Africa play ultimately? Yeah, so, so we need to make South Africa a smaller part. That is very clear. Um, and in fact, um, it'll happen naturally with the, the areas we focused on. Um, um, we will still make investments in South Africa, but uh, part of the discount in our share price is because of the, the very significant reliance on, on the, the cash generation coming out of South Africa. The one thing we will always be, irrespective of how our asset base uh, transforms, um, we will be proudly South African. And I, I use the Springbok analogy that we want to win the business game like the Springboks won the World Cup. We want to win it as, as proud South Africans as well. Now, you, you know, that does come to, well, does your listing profile suffice? Um, and, and the true answer is, I suppose it could be better, but right now it is not holding us back. Um, we can ac access the capital markets, uh, you know, everywhere in the world. Um, um, the South African discount is, is predominantly because of our large exposure to the assets in South Africa. Very good, Neil. Final question for me, um, as time is getting on. Uh, it's a terribly important question as well, probably the most important question. Uh, are you still driving the Nissan GTR? Is it still your favorite car? <laughs> um, you, you know, I very sadly sold it, and uh, I, I've had some uh, a numerous number of faster cars. But even today, I would like to buy another Nissan GTR. It is a very special car. It is a Japanese car that competes with Ferraris, Porsches, and you name it. But no, I don't have. I don't own one. Um, and I'm sorry I sold mine. Despite Lindsay's very important question, I want to just get a sense. I can't let you leave our studio without getting a sense of your outlook on, on COVID-19 on the globe. It had a huge impact lockdown on your 2020 um, results. But from here, with the uncertainty, many people saying a stop-start economy with the Delta variant out there, it's difficult. You need a crystal ball, but uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so so we have to get people vaccinated. That's number one. And um, we've very fortunately early on got our, our um, inoculation sites registered for cold storage, all those sort of things. And I'm very pleased to say we've inoculated over 48% of our workforce. And, you know, and that's... Uh, our workforce is 85,000 people. And uh, there is now more vaccines available uh, and government is more uh, willing to let business participate. So that's all good. The problem is we're now bumping our heads against people that don't believe in vaccination. So um, that we will will tackle. But we will, in my view, get to a, a number of uh, uh, people within our business inoculated that exceeds the 67% national target. And that will provide um, 
stability uh, due to the COVID pandemic. But having said that, um, obviously it's important that on a national basis and an international basis, that also happens because we are dependent on end users continuing to run their businesses uh, smartly and uh, you know in a in a continuous way. Um, I don't believe there is really a post-COVID phase. I, um, you know, we've tailor-made our, our work arrangements. Uh, we call it Soho, small office, home office, people work from home. It's actually better. Um, you know, the, 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 the cons of, the, you know, social interaction. My comment is if you want that, go to a coffee shop or go out for lunch. You don't have to open a whole office to do that. And, and, and of course, the COVID protocols are necessary. So I, I, I just, uh, I think that if we drop our guard against COVID, you're going to see more waves. Uh, and I see it here in the US. Um, but we're well positioned as a company. I think our protocols have served us well. And we're inoculating our employees and hopefully the community soon as well. Well, Neil, uh, your team is going to want me to get you out of our studio and into the next studio. So thank you so much for joining us. I just, you know, there are a number of fans already listening to the show. Mia Kruger, Kruger International, saying great approach to commodities. Janine Hills from Janine Hills Authentic Leadership saying a superb leader. So Neil Froneman, thank you very much for joining us. The CEO of Sibania Stillwater, Lindsay Williams, thank you for co-hosting on the Nielsen Network. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.